Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Uh, a lot to get into here on a Tuesday, so let's not waste any time. Uh, let's bring in uh, the Sporting Tribune's Grant Money Mona. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? Doing well. Um, I just know that there's better basketball ahead of Rosh, so that's what I'm looking forward to. Listen, we, we do have to start there. I mean, I was in Indianapolis for the All-Star Weekend, and it is something that I've always circled on my calendar. I still will continue to do it. Uh, there's a lot to break down here. I, I, I don't like, there's always a big knee jerk uh, thing when, when, when we come off of a game like this and it's like, you know, you know, we got to do away with all star weekend. We got to do away with the slam dunk contest. We got to do it like none of this stuff is going away. And the reason that none of this stuff is going away is that it is part of the NBA's, uh, TV deal. And so um, this will be a big part of it. You know, like the NBA is currently um, in negotiations for their next media rights deal. Uh, the All-Star Weekend is a big part of it. And I can tell you firsthand, having talked to people, Turner wants to keep it. ESPN wants it very badly. Why does ESPN want it very badly? It is effectively the, the NBA Super Bowl when it comes to hospitality, uh, tourism, sponsorships, things like that. Yes, the game is not the Super Bowl, um, but when you come uh, to trying to figure out, you know, when are the big executives going to come into town? When can you have your 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 big parties and things like that? It's around that weekend. So that weekend's not going away. All-Star Saturday's not going away. Slam Dunk Contest's not going away. The game is not going away. The next part is, you know, what do we do to fix it? Now, listen, like, I think three-point contest, and you've touched on this, and I want you to, to touch on it uh, today, is that's fine. Like, you had Damian Lillard winning not only the three-point contest, but most valuable player. And so that that is not a problem. No, no one's saying that. I think that they may have... Uh, stumbled into something with Steph versus Sabrina that could be maybe expanded beyond just those two. Um, so the, the, the big two. And the reason that we, we talk about the, the big two is because for years and years and years, you know, you go back to like 1987, 1988, Michael Jordan, Dominique Wilkins, it's the slam dunk contest and the game. Okay. With the dunk contest, like it is what it is. I, I'm so sorry to say, and I get it. Like a lot of players don't want to be cast into doing these weird things against G League players. Like kudos to Jalen Brown for actually putting himself in a position where he's going to lose to a G League uh, player. By the way, uh, bummed. By the way, Mac McClung 
was gracious gracious enough to come on the show, uh, and he'll come on again. And a big fan of his when he was with the South Bay Lakers and continue to be so. I still think that there's got to be a 12th man spot out there. I mean, there's got to be a team out there that's not doing well in terms of ticket sales that can that 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 they can use someone like Mac. I agree. Right. So beyond that, there's not a whole lot you could do with the slam dunk contest grant because. You know, the creativity, like at this point, like, like you, you've already pumped the shoe and done the blindfold and done the jumping over the seven foot. I mean, like, 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 I get it. I get it. And, and there's not a whole lot there. So, I mean, but this, perhaps what I do, Grant, is like not make the slam dunk contest the main event of All Star weekend, like, like, or of All Star Saturday. Like, maybe have that be the first event and make people show up on time, make people tune in on time. But there's no question about it. The three point contest is the draw now. And beyond that, whether it's Sabrina or Steph, and by the way, like that will happen again. I talked to a couple of people within the league, like they're both, you know, like we know Steph's tied to the Bay. Sabrina has Mm -hmm. ties to the Bay. That will happen again, but it can be expanded. Now to the game. What the NBA in-season tournament taught me is that it doesn't, and by the way, I found this out in life. It doesn't matter how much money you have. If someone sticks um, a check in front of your face for whether it be a half a million dollars or certainly a million dollars, you care. I think that in this next media rights deal, that if the league uh, negotiates in, and it's the, the, the term they use, in the industry, if you bake into the deal, okay, as a part of this deal, the winning team gets $1 million a piece. The losing team, you can negotiate it, whether it's $250,000, a half a million. I, I think, I, I don't want to say zero, but I think it has to be significantly less than $1 million. I think guys will care. I think guys will mm-hmm. care. And I know that that sounds crazy, but if you say the winning team, once once the game is over, um, you are going to be presented a check that night for a million dollars that you can cash it in the bank that night for a million dollars. I promise you these guys will care. Yeah. The other thing that, that I've heard about, and um, and this goes to the globalization of the game and the number of players that we have that are tremendous from around the world, USA versus the world. Now, I know hockey did this, um, and I know it's gimmicky, and so... I, I want to push back against it. That being said, if you can't play your heart out, A, for your country, and B, for a million dollars, then at that point, Grant, like, 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 perhaps it's time to, to, to figure out something else to do. This is, this should be on paper the most entertaining of the All-Star games because the Pro Bowl for years didn't make sense because the season's over and you're not going to have a tackle pull. Tackle football game. Again, we, 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 we saw those highlights for years of Sean Taylor laying out that poor putter. Like, like that, that's not going to happen. All right. In 2024, when we talk about concussions and CTE and reducing the number of big hits and games or whatever, like you're not going to have a tackle football game, um, just for, you know, Hey, it's the, the Pro Bowl. So now it's a, a skills competition. Baseball, I think, is still, and you can touch on this. I think it's the it, it's the best. I would not, and again, some people have talked about this. The home court thing doesn't make sense to me, and the reason that it doesn't make sense to me is that th- there's a lot of people playing in this game that, that their team, quite frankly, is not going to be in position to um, 
uh, you know, A, they're not going to be in the playoffs, or B, they're not going to be in contention to uh, be in the finals. And so if, for example, we have a 72-win Warriors team that doesn't have home court in the finals, again, who who would not host a Game 7 because in February in, like, <laughs> Phoenix, the West lost, you know, 210 to 190. That just doesn't, doesn't make sense. Okay, so I went long here, but I, I think there, there was a lot to touch on because I think two things that, that are important to say. This is not going away. Again, we, we do we always have this knee-jerk thing. You know, we got to do away with All-Star Weekend, All-Star Saturday night, the game. That's all going to continue. It, 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 it will be in San Francisco next year. It will be at the Intuit uh, Dome in Los Angeles the year after that. Rumors are that it'll be in Phoenix following that. It. A, it's going to continue. B, thankfully, granted, it'll be in warm weather places. These, yeah. these last few years have been a little bit hard. I got to be honest with you. As someone from Los Angeles and to be in uh, Indianapolis, Salt Lake, uh, Cleveland. So, um, okay. Uh, first, your thoughts on the game and, and, and what would you do if you were the commissioner and you're watching that game courtside and you're like, oh my God. Like <laughs> they, they, they try to draft, they tried player teams. Yeah. It was team Giannis, team LeBron drafting players. Like, like, like what would you do to change this game? Arash, that was probably the worst effort I've seen in an All-Star yeah. game in my life. And I've been watching All-Star games back since when Kobe and Shaq were together, yeah. right? So I've seen a lot of them. And that's when they had the actual jerseys of the team. Yeah. It was kind of a nostalgic thing. And guys competed, right? I remember Stefan Marbury and Kobe Bryant were going at it back and forth down the stretch, I think, in 2003. So there were plenty of moments of that happening. And I just think that it's the certain style of basketball that is being played right now. Not just that, because we've obviously gotten more into the three-point era now, so a lot of guys want to show off that way, as opposed to dunks and defense and getting in transition. So that's one thing. The second thing, Arash, is I think the NBA has something in the uh, Rising Stars Challenge, right? We saw the Rising Stars game on Friday, and that was a mini-tournament of sorts, right, where... You had teams represented by different celebrity figures or former players. They had a Detlef Shrimp team and a Jalen Rose team, obviously. You know, so they had different types of things going on. So there's four mini teams. I think maybe you can expand the rosters and create four mini teams because right now the talent, it's crazy that we're saying all these bad things about the all-star game because the talent in the NBA is as high as it's ever been. Mm. So you'd think that the play and the, the way they play in the all-star game would be at its highest. It's just not. And you know, you bring, bring up a great point. I've thinking about this. I've been thinking about this for a while is about the incentives, right? If you give them incentives, we've seen what it ha- what happens in the in-season tournament. You gave players even a half a million dollar raise and they played like it was game seven of the Western Conference or Eastern Conference finals. If you give them an incentive to play in the All-Star game, maybe double that. Hey, say that you give them a million each or whatever it may be, spread it amongst the team. They're going to care. Like you said, they are going to play because right now we have seen it work. So you can say that too. I think that Rising Stars Challenge is a great way to start. People saying that they're going to disband the All-Star Game. You got to get rid of it or you're going to get rid. They're not going to get rid of that much marketing for their sport and that many teams already lined up for the next three years. You're not going to do that. So Adam Silver has shown to be very vocal about changing things up and taking feedback from the fans and the players. Um, And look, he's done a great job with the in-season tournament, with the playing tournament. 
I expect there to be a significant change next year because we now have a rush about three years of mediocre all-star games, right? In 2020, it was very competitive because it was a tribute to Kobe. They were wearing their numbers on their backs. Mm-hmm. You know, Kyle Lowry was taking charges and guys were playing great defense. There was this score to beat. And that lasted for about a year or maybe two years. And then players were back to just not caring anymore. So you have to implement either the money, which is what they did this past year with the in-season tournament or you got to implement like a mini game tournament or something the nfl learned right they said if guys aren't going to care about putting on pads and tackling then why would we even try it you know the nba has, has to take that model and say look if the players aren't going to care about it then the fans really aren't either and you can't let it get to a point arash where people just aren't going to tune in at all because i tune in because i love the game of basketball and i love to see the stars playing all in the same area on one night if you start to get to a point where people aren't even going to care about that, and it's headed that way, we've seen a steady decline, not just with the All-Star Game, but with the dunk contest, and you can't put the stars in the All-Star Game because they're already there. You can maybe do it with the dunk contest, but you can't with the All-Star Game. You have to look at ways to a significant change, not just changing up East versus West, not just putting a, you know, captains in charge of picking teams. You got to make a significant change to the structure of it because if not, we're going to see the demise of it just like we saw the demise of the Pro Bowl too. Yeah. I mean, the, the reason that it should not go the way of the Pro Bowl is that this is a pickup game. At the end of the day, yeah. and we've both seen great pickup games. I mean, I've gotten a cover years ago and, you know, these are closed doors, but Working on stories. I mean, like these guys have heated pickup games, and you, yeah. you've seen the documentaries about Team USA having a pickup game against like the college players, and how heated that got, and like the college players won one game, and so like this game will continue, and and there will be some years where it's not great, and it's fine, and and so um, you know. Like, I'm fine with guys not playing defense for a half or even three quarters as long as the end of the game is good. Like, if, if, if that game on Sunday night was, you know, 210 to 207 and it came down to like one last shot, of course it'd be great. But I mean, obviously that that wasn't the case. It was a 25 point game. It was basically a blowout for the majority of the second half. Um, it wasn't just a layup and dunk line. I mean, the number of three point shot attempts, the number of shots from half court, it was just, it, it, it got to be to a point where like, like the, like it was hard to watch. And, you know, generally speaking, I'm always thankful when I'm in the building for a significant event. Um, and that was one, quite frankly, Grant, you know, at the end of the third quarter, like I walked out of the press room and I just yeah. kind of, and, and what I knew, and by the way, like, this is one of the things about it is that LeBron, like, over the past two years, and, like, like it's such a power play by him because, like, the commissioner has his, like, annual press conference on Saturday, and, like, LeBron's basically said, I'm having my press conference on Sunday. It's like, like, it's like LeBron uh, flies in Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, gets there uh, Sunday morning, does his press conference, and then... Uh, the reason that I I had to be in the press conference room as soon as the, the the game was over, while guys are shaking hands and before the trophy presentation, LeBron is conducting his press conference, and, <laughs> and as soon as he's done, he's hopping on his uh, private jet back to Los Angeles or back to somewhere else. And so, um, you know, I, the, the the perception of that's not great. I I you brought up a great point. The Rising Stars game, and and a, a part of it's just maybe this year and like next year, like 
Victor Wimbanyama is one of the biggest global superstars in the game. And that was, I, I told friends, I said, listen, you know, the get in price cheapest ticket for the All-Star game was 500. The cheapest ticket to go to All-Star Saturday night was 400. I said, you can get in the door on Friday to see the Rising Stars game and see Pau Gasol coach Victor Wembanyama and Paolo Gabonquero and just a lot of these great guys. And by the way, kudos to the G League players who like showed up and showed out. Like, maybe, maybe moving that game to Saturday night. Like, I don't know. Like, like, like finding a way to showcase talent. And again, to your point, the reason that the league is now comfortable expanding is that there is so much talent. So, I mean, I think maybe uh, moving that game instead of it, it, it's not head-to-head with the celebrity game, Grant, but, like, as a journalist or, like, a fan, like, you kind of have to pick and choose. Like, right. you, you have to pick whether you're going to go to the celebrity game or the, the or the like, uh, the, you know, it's basically freshmen and sophomores, you know. For, yes. But mm-hmm. um, would, you, would you move that game? I would strongly consider pushing that game up. Yeah, I, I, I definitely would. And what I would have is I would have the three point contest be the main event of that Saturday yeah. for sure. I mean, like I said, this is just how the NBA is going. Arash, you mentioned it and I've thought about this a lot too. How many more dunks can we do? Like as yeah. physically as humans, how many more dunks and how much more creative can you be after so many years of seeing the dunk contest, right? Yeah. Before it gets kind of stale. Yeah. Um, and, and that's maybe a little bit why people are kind of off on the dunk contest. Maybe it's the stars not being in it as well. That's also a thing. But in terms of the scheduling, yeah, I think Friday to have that type of tournament, I enjoyed it. I watched yeah. it, tuned in on Friday, and I actually had a great time watching it because not only one, we mentioned this a lot, the G Leaguers had incentive, right? Yeah. I need to earn a contract. I need to put my name out there. Yeah. I need to show the NBA that I can play at this level. And I saw a few players that I was really intrigued by. Mm-hmm. So if you put that on Saturday with some guys like Victor yes. Webinyama, with Paulo Banquer, with some one or two year guys that are still kind of household names, you still get the star factor, but you also get an excitement factor because these guys are trying to prove themselves on a national stage because Jaden Ivey and Ben Matherin went at it on the court some ferocity right so um i think a saturday consisting of the frosh soft game whatever you want to call rising stars and the three-point shooting contest as the last thing that would be an excellent saturday night and i think those two main events we kind of got to gauge it off off what people are talking about people are talking about the three-point contest and people are talking about the rising stars kind of layout so I think the NBA is going to hear the feedback. Adam Silver did not seem too happy when presenting the Eastern Conference, their trophy. Um, That was probably the most furiated I've seen him. So I expect some things to change, but I would personally just switch some events around to make it as marketable and as many eyes on it as possible. It's so great. Uh, You know, and I didn't think about this until we started talking. And I think like that, that, that's what like the league has to do. But I think the slam dunk contest still has enough cachet, even though it's not what it was. And it can't be because again, to your point, there's only so many ways. And this is just, this is just a fact, folks. Like, it's only so many ways you could put the ball through a hoop. Like, unless you want to start doing crazy things where you have the, uh, what, what, what is that thing that people bounce off of? Like, yeah, the trampolines trampoline. and everything, like, like halftime. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can get crazy, but I think there's enough 
to have a slam dunk contest be almost a standalone event on Friday. And then again, at that point, you kind of force people to come into town early. It's not a long event. It's maybe like a one hour event. But again, like, like make that a standalone event. But then Saturday, I promise you, you because know, what tends to happen with the league now, um, is you know people are going to crap on the slam dunk contest. Yeah. And, and it was so interesting a year ago in Salt Lake City where you had people saying, um, Mac McClung, you know, saved the slam dunk contest. And I'm like, well, you know what? Like, no no disrespect to Mac, because, again, I'm, I'm telling you, big fan of his. I was hoping he would stick with the Lakers. Still would love him to be, like, the 12th man of the Lakers. But, um, like, th- that wasn't like Karen Gordon versus Zach Levine, where you had, you know, two rising stars in the league doing dunks, dunks that, quite frankly, were far superior to what Mac is doing. And, you know, like, Again, I, I want to give all props and credit to Mac, but like he's still in the G League, and so like 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 I don't having like 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 having him do that one night uh, a year ago was great, but at this point, great. Like I mean, what is he going to be like the three time, four time slam dunk champion like in the right. G League? So it's a little tough. But I, again, these these events will continue. Uh, it goes without saying, and I'm not like. This isn't breaking news. Like the events coming to San Francisco next year is coming to Los Angeles the year after that. From what we've been told, it could be coming to Phoenix. Um, I, I want to continue this conversation, but, but also bring up a few more things. So let's leave it there for now. When we come back, more of how the NBA can save the All-Star Weekend when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 against the California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. Let's bring Brock back in. My main man, Grant Mona. Uh, Grant, I, I didn't get your thoughts on this. As it pertains to the NBA, the All-Star Weekend, it is so global um, covering it. I mean, the number of reporters that, that I got to meet uh, from Europe and Asia and South America, it was incredible. Uh, do you think, um, you know, as we uh, come upon the Olympics here, and again, this is not the Olympics, but if, if they had a Team USA versus Team World, um, and again, I mean, it, it would be quite the team if like, if everyone was healthy, where, you know, on team USA, obviously you'd have, you know, LeBron and Steph and KD. And then on the other side, you'd have Luca and the Joker and Joel Embiid. I mean, do you think that would a incentivize uh, the players on both sides? And what would you, as a fan, would you be more intrigued by that? 
Absolutely. I think that's something that they should definitely look into. And they actually had it, Arash. And I know we uh, maybe the Rising Stars is is just a, a oh, test yeah. beacon yeah. because they tried that in the Rising Stars and I actually loved it. And then they went away from it again. Um, it was actually a really cool thing to see uh, the young players from each uh, you know, from international play and from the Americans to see them go at it because it looked like they had a really fun time. In terms of this, there's a lot of speculation about this and for good reason. I think that it could be very good for the game. Um, because we've already seen Arash that a lot of these international players, Luka Doncic has said this, you know, Nikola Jokic has said this, uh, I think even Rudy Gobert has said this, is that when the season ends, what they look forward to the most is actually playing with their international team. And yeah. they actually look forward to going back home and being around those guys and playing for their country. We saw some of the top players in the NBA play in the FIBA World Cup. Obviously, the American team didn't have that level, but a lot of the international teams had some prominent players. Even Luca played in that as well. Yeah. So we know that they care. If the U.S., and especially with all the buzz around the last Olympics and around the World Cup this past offseason and with the Paris Olympics coming up, I feel like that could be a very good idea to get the American players' interest back in it, to get them to say, hey – if we're now defending our country, if we're defending, you know, the way we are, were brought up with basketball here in America against the international team, that may give us a little bit more of an incentive, more of a fire inside them to go and compete at a higher level. Because in the Olympics, a lot of these players nowadays, all the, the talk I'm seeing around Steph Curry and Anthony Davis and LeBron and Kevin Durant is that, hey, I want to play this time. I, this is something that I want to defend our country at this time around in the Olympics. So I know that they love competing for FIBA World Basketball and for the American team and these world international tournaments. I know that now they want to defend it because, look, the last five MVPs of this league have been foreign players. They've been international yeah. players. Joel Embiid has won it. Nikola Jokic has won it. Giannis has won it. Luka's in the running this yeah. year. So the international game is catching up in terms of talent, or it maybe even exceeded it already um, to the American players. So why not put that to test? Adam Silver, why not try to see if it gets the players' engagements? Because for me... I would absolutely love a team of Giannis, Luka, Nikola Jokic. You could even have Jamal Murray in there, Shea Gilgis-Alexander against Kevin Durant and Booker and LeBron and Paul George and Kawhi. That would be such a fun game. I'm not just saying just world against U.S. In terms of NBA talent, yeah. that is a fantastic matchup. Again, and I think the key there is you you have to find ways for these guys to care. And so I think the, uh, you know, Two, two parts here is obviously you have to to uh, you know pay them you have to incentivize them and I know that that sounds crazy because again these guys are making a ton of money but it is so clear after the conversations that we've had with players following the NBA in season tournament having that extra carrot and again I've talked to rich people before some of them are frugal some of them uh, will mm. will do things for an extra buck. I mean, the, the fact of the yes. matter is, no matter how much you're making, if someone is saying, if you win this one game, if you win this one game, you're going to get a check for a million dollars. You're going to play your you-know-what off to get that million-dollar check. And so that'll help. And I I, I think if, if – and again, it, it has to start somewhere. But again, I think we're at the point where you brought up a great point. The last five most valuable player award winners – whether it's Giannis, whether it's Jokic, whether it's Embiid, whether it could be Luka this year. I mean, 
like so we're we're not in this crazy phase where it's like uh it's a little bit lopsided if you have team USA versus team world uh not anymore not anymore and in, in fact i mean i i don't what don't know what the odds would be in Vegas, but wouldn't be shocked if Team World was the. By the way, Shea Gilgis Alexander, right, Grant? I mean, right. Team, team Canada. So, I mean, um, you could certainly say that Team World may, may may win. So, if you can't get up for a your country and b for a million dollar check, I mean, I really don't know what to say at that point. But listen, the 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 main takeaway is this game is not going away. The league is going to try to figure out a way to uh, make this intriguing. I think everything that we've talked about today is on the table, and I think it will continue going into the game in San Francisco in 2025. And a part of it is because it's not even a consideration not to play the game. It is such a big part of their TV rights deal. Like, like when they go to these different networks and they try to sell these packages, it's who wants the finals? Who wants the Western Conference finals? Who wants the Eastern Conference finals? Who wants the NBA in-season tournament? The reason is, and I've been, I've, I've talked to people around the league about this. I mean, you know, the reason that they treated the NBA in-season tournament the way they, they did with, you know, basically, uh, reaching out to the Lakers and saying, like, we, we would really appreciate you guys putting up something. We're, we're, we're not saying that you, have to put up a banner, but hint, hint, like it's going to really mean a lot if you put up something. Um, if you guys win, uh, you know, we're going to, you know, put, you know, champagne in the, in the locker room. We're going to give you goggles. We're going to give you gold medals. I mean, like we're going to make this a thing because we're trying to sell this. So we're going to try to sell the all-star weekend. We're going to try to sell the NBA, uh, tournament and all these things. And by the way, Grant, they, they just got a sponsor. It's the um, Emirates um, NBA Cup now. So it's no longer the NBA in-season tournament, which was always like a weird name. But anyway, um, it it will continue. And the reason it will continue, I mean, the, the Pro Bowl had run its course. And I remember that I went to the last Pro Bowl actual game that they had. And the players and the officials had basically come together before the game and said, hey, like, we're not tackling each other. So, like... Regardless of what the league uh, says or wants, like this is a two-hand touch game, and the players agreed upon it. That both teams agreed upon it. The, the the officials did. I mean, as soon as two hands were uh, touched on a player, the the official blew the whistle, and a lot of fans were confused by that. And so, I, mean, I think the, the the league at that point was basically like, okay, like we're not giving up on the Pro Bowl as a actual TV commodity. Why? Because we can sell it. And at the end of the day, Grant. Like the f- football is king, so like that game still does six million, five million, or something. I mean, people will still t- tune in for it. Um, all right, switching gears now. Um, are you as we kind of okay? You know, where you know the first Sunday, like after the Pro Bowl, you know, uh, even though the Daytona 500 was pushed to yesterday, and so you know you got the NBA All Star Weekend. So now we're like into the last third of the season. Uh, we got the Daytona 500 that that wrapped up. Um, no more football. The big thing is spring training. Are you, uh, getting excited for that now that Shohei Otani's with the Dodgers again? He, I guess he hit his first home run in spring yeah. training. Your, your thoughts on that? Yeah. I, I think every Dodger fan, everyone that follows the MLB should be pretty excited because I think we're in for just such an amazing year this year. Just. 
of the sheer talent, right? And when you have such talents such as Yoshinobu Yamamoto and Shohei Otani going to the same team, two of the top free agents going to the Dodgers, yeah. there should be an excitement level. And much like we were talking about how the NBA's excitement for these types of events are declining, I think MLB's excitement for these types of events are going up, yeah. right? Because now you can potentially have a Juan Soto versus Shohei Otani uh, World Series. You can have an Aaron Judge against Otani World Series if you get to that point. I know I'm getting way ahead of myself, but just the sheer amount of talent that has moved in the offseason and still yet to be moved. I'm surprised some of these guys are, aren't even off the board yet. Um, but for the Dodgers, uh, everything I've seen coming out of training camp so far has just been great. Um, spring training looks like all the guys are getting along. Shohei Otani is laughing it up with Freddie Freeman and his son. Yeah. Um, we already have pictures of Charlie Freeman and Shohei Otani in the clubhouse. Um, Shohei Otani is, is launching balls into orbit off of <laughs> Dodger pitchers already. Uh, Gavin Lux looks very healthy and he looks ready to go. Um, there's a lot of obviously questions as we move towards October, but for, as for now, like I'm not even going to worry about that because the, the whole thing about this team was how can they improve in the offseason? I think they had to make a big splash, right? And they finally did it. They finally got two players with that type of, of moniker attached to their names of really superstar quality players. It was basically an A-plus offseason for them. Yeah. Um, they should be the favorites, but again, as we've seen, in October is where it matters. So I think fans really, Dodger fans really aren't shying away from the amount of excitement and the amount of talent that this team has. You know, usually a team falters or, or as they say, chokes in the playoffs and fans kind of tune out, right? They're like, oh, well, I'm not going to, you know, tune in until October because we keep getting our, our hearts cut out. But now you can look at this situation and be like, hey, even the regular season is going to be very fun. You're going to have the one of the best talents of all time in Shohei Otani, and you're going to have Yoshino, Yoshinobu Yamamoto basically as their ace with Tyler Glass now. Yeah. That's enough incentive for Dodger fans to tune in every single night, right? So um, obviously I think they're the class of the, di the division. I don't think this is going to be an easy route, as I've se said even last year when the Dodgers weren't even expected to be at the point that they were. Um, it's going to be a tough route regardless. I know that they're heavy favorites and they have a star-studded team, but uh, there are a lot of teams that are going to be coming for them, and Mookie Betts has said so. Every team is going to play it like it's the World Series. So um, I think there's a different type of mentality from this team that they have to have, and Dave Roberts kind of showed that a little bit in one of his speeches that the Dodgers posted on their social media where – he knows this. I think every player knows this, that there's targets on their backs. And I am so excited to see how they respond from the past two years. Let me ask you this, because because it's, it, it's clear that Shohei Otani will uh, be back pitching again the following season. So not this season, not this upcoming season. However, you know, in, in talking to uh, players who have played with him, the and I want you to touch on this because you played at a high level, uh, the concentration and the dedication that it took to pitch and hit was so great. In this particular season, when he only has to do one and he can just focus on hitting and he does it for, for one calendar year. So it's not like he's even trying to come back at the end of the year or anything like that. Just for one season, from spring training to the postseason, just to hit. What do you think we can see? Because again, we, he was already a all star, world class, most valuable player. Hitter. One calendar season, and again, the, 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 the expectation is he's going to come back to pitch 
next season. What do you expect from him this season? I expect him to absolutely destroy it this year because I think a lot of the times last year and a couple years ago, I would be watching Angel games and I could just see how tired he is, right? Because he would end the inning on offense and then have to go right back out to the mound. And he was pitching, Arash, not just four or five innings. He was going deep into games, seven, eight innings. And I could just tell at the end of last year before he got his elbow injury is that he just looked run down. It just looked like his usage rate was just way over the top. And I actually advocated for the Angels to kind of load manage him just because of how much of a load they were putting onto him as a pitcher and a hitter. They kind of needed him to be the best of both because the yeah. Angels were in that type of situation. Now, now that he's on a team that we know can get to the playoffs, can win their division, can win 100 plus games almost every year, they have guys to supplement Shohei Otani. Uh, I think that we're going to see a more concentrated Shohei. We're going to see a guy that I think he's going to match his two years ago MVP numbers where they were just off the charts. Um, to, it's a really big burden, Arash, when you have to worry about two things and have to train for two things. And I'm not saying that he's not training for pitching. He most certainly is rehabbing right now for pitching. But when you get to the regular season and your only focus now is that I have to hit the baseball and run the bases. Yeah. I think that just gets a lot off of his mind in terms of what he has to do. A lot of the times he was the guy that had to carry the offense. He had to be the ace for the angels. He doesn't have to be that anymore. He doesn't have to be the number one guy. He still will be the number one guy in the main focus in the lineup. But now you have Mookie, Freddie, Will Smith, you have the Gavin Lux now to supplement him in that lineup to where if he has a bad game, it won't be the spotlight on, on SportsCenter on MLB Network, right? If he has a bad game, Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman can still combine for four for six on the day. So for him, it just takes a lot off of your mental. It takes a lot off of your physical on a day-to-day basis because now he doesn't have to be there on pit, on his pitching day. He doesn't have to be there five hours early to go through his regimen on pitching day. I'm sure he still does because he's a world-class athlete, but now that mental kind of aspect is out of it where he can just focus on being an elite hitter, which he already was. So I'm very excited to see him now just strictly focus on that because, uh, you know, when you get down to the nitty gritty in the regular season, you have to prep and you have to make sure that you're recovering right and you're getting training in and you have to be the, at the ballpark early. Just being a hitter for a calendar year kind of takes that off of you. So uh, I expect him to, to be right up there again in the NL MVP candidacy. Last question for you. Um, you know, Mike, Mike Trout has been in the news for some time just because it's like, I, mean, I think we all think that he wants to be with a competitive team. We're all looking outside and from the outside looking at him saying, you know, the moment that Shohei Otani left, that perhaps was time for Mike Trout to say, hey, guys, like it's been an amazing run. Like It really, truly has been. Uh, at this point, I would like to go to a team that has a chance to win. He came out publicly and said, no, I'm like, A, I'm not looking to leave. Um, and I, uh, I'm basically talking to management that I'm looking for a way for them to like add another piece here. Like there's, there, there's, there's no piece that they're going to add Grant that is going to be a Shohei Otani. There's no piece that they're going to bring in this, I think going to help this, this team win. And I think it would be so sad if Mike Trout, uh, and again, he's already not the same Mike Trout that he was previously. He's still in my view and would love to get your thoughts. I mean, he's still a top when he's healthy, top five, uh, top yeah. 10 player. Um, but him basically, and again, maybe at some point this season, he'll change his tune. But like, 
would love to see Mike Trout play significant games in October. We know Shohei Otani will do that. We'll see how he performs, but there's no doubt that the Dodgers will be playing significant games in October. That's not the question. The question is, how will they do? And, you know, like when, when we looked at the Dodgers a year ago, you know, the question is, you know, what did Freddie Freeman do in the postseason? What did Buki Betts right. do? Or quite frankly, what did they not do? Shohei Otani will be playing in the postseason. There's no doubt about that. For Mike Trout not to be in a position to win another, like he's never won a postseason game. Again, he's gone to the postseason one time with, um, Los Angeles Angels, but they, they've 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 never won a game, and mm-hmm. I, I think the team that they, he's on, regardless of what they do, um, is in that position. Your thoughts on Mike Trout? Yeah, Ross, I just for him, I feel I kind of feel bad, but I also don't because he signed a 13 year contract to stay with the Angels. Um, it just goes to show the power of Orange County, I guess. Uh, no, but, but seriously. <laughs> it's um, a beautiful place to live. Yeah, it's a beautiful <laughs> place to live. I can't blame him. But in terms of the team, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, just really quickly about the Angels because right now I'm kind of confused by their process, right? You lose out on Shoei Otani. You have a kind of decent core, young player-wise, where I can say, hey, some of these guys may pan out. So you have a lot of money to spend, and I know Artie Moreno has been pushing back against that. There are still some free agents out there, like really good free agents mm-hmm. that they can sign to supplement this team to kind of get them maybe into a wild card status. I still think they had, and they just got Ron Washington as well, wow. who's a very good coach, a very good manager. Uh, Blake Snell is still available. Uh, Matt Chapman is still available. And I know they have the Rendon situation, but there are still some guys out there that I feel Montgomery, I feel like can help them be competitive and i'm just not seeing that want from the front office mike trout went to the media and said hey i want to be here do something and it just seems like the front office is like hey we're just gonna let this lease run out we're gonna try to see if there's any footing on a new stadium and that's about it so i really feel bad for him in that aspect that he's almost begging the front office to be like hey do something because we just lost a generational talent i still have what it takes like you said arash he can be a top five player Let's go get a big fish in the pond. Let's go try to get a big kind of player because they're still out there. So uh, the Angels, I'm very curious. I I'm, I just want to see it in action first um, because I think they could be a little bit scrappy. But uh, for Mike Trout, I mean, maybe after this year you request one, maybe back to the Philadelphia Phillies, somewhere yeah. back east where he can be with family. So I don't I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, like, like I think at some point in time he's got to think that too. And I would just love him to be – Mike Trout. And again, I, I, he's kind of already turned that corner where he's not at the peak of his career. Right. But would you, you, you would just love to see Mike Trout play significant games. I don't think it'll be in Southern California. Uh, but we'll see. All right. That's all the time we have for today. Grant, you're the best. We'll, uh, talk again later this week. Let's, uh, wrap it up here. That, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.